You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Vaccination. It should just be a normal word, but somehow it has become controversial in the world of parenting. Perhaps I could say something like co-sleeping, breastfeeding or controlled crying. But unlike those other hot parenting topics, vaccination is something that impacts the whole community. It's more than just a personal parenting choice. Robin Barker is the author of Baby Love and has seen many changes come and go in the way we parent in Australia. She's also had personal experience with anti-vax campaigners. And she's here to have a chat to us about this and the impact that anti-vaxxers can have. Hi, Robin, how are you? I'm very well, Siobhan, thank you. So before we start, we should probably clarify that people who don't vaccinate aren't all the same. They've got different reasons for not doing it. People do have different reasons. Um, Some people live in pockets of communities where English is not spoken, they don't know where to go, they think it's going to cost them a lot of money, they don't understand the process. They're fairly easy to target to to get them to vaccinate their children because they don't have a a kind of moral argument against it the way the anti-vaxxers claim to have. Other people nowadays, this is becoming more common, are very anxious about it. Once upon a time, in the 50s, when I was part of the first lot of children to be vaccinated, we we had vaccination programs at school and we all lined up... And had our vaccinations, all laughing and talking. and <laughs> But we've all become very precious now about it because back then you could still see what these diseases did. At the children's hospital when I trained in the early 60s, we still had a few children in, in iron lungs. Uh, we had shocking outbreaks of gastroenteritis caused by rotavirus where we all had to do double shifts. Doctors worked round the clock. So that sort of thing was still visible, whereas now it's not. And increasingly, generations of parents have moved further and further away from that. So now the concentration or the focus is more on the vaccines and the possible side effects rather than the diseases that they are preventing. So there are quite a few anxious parents who've picked up information from the web, from social media, from all sorts of places, and they decide they're not going to vaccinate because they think they're putting their babies at a risk uh, and they're too nervous to do it. And then there's the final group. And then we have (laughs) the anti-vaxxers who not only refuse to vaccinate their own children, but they're on a mission to persuade everyone else to do the same. In fact, their mission seems to be to obliterate vaccination. Which uh, must be, (laughs) I mean, when you say that, given what you've seen, as you Mm. mentioned, the the fact that these diseases could still exist. So if... if, They do still exist. Right. And and, I mean, smallpox, to the best of my knowledge, smallpox is the only one that's been eliminated globally. In Australia... And in America and, and and the UK, places like that, and probably a lot of Europe, polio has more or less been eradicated, but it's still around. So if your children are not vaccinated for it, just because there's no polio here, polio can be brought into the country or if children travel, they can be exposed to it. So uh, we haven't eradicated most of these diseases. They're still around. And if the herd immunity drops, that is the number of people being vaccinated for the diseases, if that gets below a certain percentage, 
for example, in parts of California, the measles vaccination is down to 80% and there's many measles outbreaks happening there. Oh, it's so hard so to So they haven't around. disappeared. They're still there. Uh, as I said, if the herd immunisation rates drop, then the diseases will re- reappear. Things can get worse very quickly. Oh, my goodness. I, I just, it boggles my mind. Um, so in terms of... Um, the way the world has changed since these vaccinations were first introduced. Are anti-vaxxers, for moral reasons, are they a modern phenomena? Are they... No, no, no. They've always been around. So the smallpox was probably one of the first vaccinations back in the, you know, late 18th century and through the 19th century. And uh, anti-vaxxers were around then. And, and to be honest, Siobhan, Siobhan, at that time, vaccination was so crude. I mean, it was variolation, really. Uh, and the risks were huge that you can understand why people probably got upset by it. But one of the, the anti-vaxxers then used to say that if you had your child vaccinated for smallpox, that it would turn you into a cow, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the thing. However, even in those days when it was crude and very risky, many parents realised that it was actually safer than allowing your child to be exposed to the disease. And there's a very wonderful YouTube clip of John Adams, the second president of the United States, his wife, getting her ch- children immunized, vaccinated for smallpox. And it was a huge decision for her to make because the children could have died from the vaccination. They could have got very sick. They could have been scarred with the smallpox. However, she weighed everything up and decided that as the, vac- as the smallpox was about to come to the village where they lived, that she'd take the risk with vaccination. And she did. And the children were all all right. One got very sick, but they all recovered. Mm. And in those days, what that entailed was using a corpse of someone who died of smallpox. Wow. And (laughs) scraping off a bit of the stuff and putting it into an open cut into your arm. Oh, my God. Now, when I hear about anti-vaxxers being very brave and standing up to God knows who they think they're standing up to, I think about Abigail Adams. And to me, that is true bravery. Yeah, incredible. Now, nowadays, vaccines are so um, safe and great care is taken in the production of them that the risk is minimal. There is a risk. There's always going to be a risk. There's a risk if you take an antibiotic. I mean, there's always going to be a risk. You can't say it's risk-free. However, the risks are small and the benefits are enormous. You're listening to Kindling Conversation, and I'm speaking with Robin Barker, the author of Baby Love and Writer, and we're talking about um, anti-vaxxers, we shall say, that um, fall into the group of many different reasons why people don't vaccinate their kids, but we're, I, I think we're especially talking about people who have a moral objection to it and how they've come to that. Um, Robin, I, you mentioned that some parents are feeling increasingly nervous about vaccination because of um, what they've read on the internet. Are the anti-vaxxers the ones that are pumping out this misinformation? And, and where does it come from? Like, what, How are they getting these so-called scientific studies about the impact Yes, well, they misrepresent science uh, to a large extent. I mean, I think the best example is the uh, MMR, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, and 
its supposed relationship to autism. That study was done in 1997, and it was on 12 children only. Um, it was flawed. It, uh, he he uh, the the um, Wakefield, yeah, Wakefield. <laughs> Wakefield. That's right, Andrew Wakefield. Wa- Andrew Wakefield was was deregistered. However, um, he had. I mean, it was flawed on every count. As I said, only twelve children. He falsified his findings. Some of the children came to him via um, an anti-vaxxer activist. He had interests that he didn't declare. He had his own vaccine waiting in the wings for the time the MMR, you know, he he imagined would no longer be. He had his own waiting there. He was in the pay of a law firm who had him on a retainer because they were going to launch into a class action. So in every way, he did did colonoscopies on children without ethical approval and damaging a, a couple of them. Now, in contrast to that, and, and unfortunately, that study went into the Lancet, quite a prestigious medical yes. journal. It, it, it remained there for 12 years. So it wasn't until 12 years later that the Lancet you know, discredited it and removed it, and he was disregist- deregistered. But those 12 years have caused the most enormous blow to vaccination that you could imagine. Mm. And... Since then, 1.2 million children in five studies have been uh, examined for possible links between autism and the MMR. There's no link has been found. The studies are impeccable. They are the top scientific studies. So, uh, however, unfortunately, the anti-vaxxers go out of their way to applaud Andrew Wakefield as a hero and a martyr done in by big pharma and big government. They still maintain a link between autism exists and unfortunately with autism, when the signs of autism first appear are generally around, when it's diagnosable, are generally around 18 months, which is after most children have had all their vaccinations. Parents believing they had a normal child, suddenly there's problems. I mean, you can see you it's really tapping happens. into um, parent. I mean, essentially, I can see a lot of people getting anxious because they care for their children. There's something being yes. exploited. And there, in the old it? days, parents rush, and in and in developing countries, when vaccination vaccination programs come, everyone rushes because because they care for their children because they, and they can, know they because can they see know it. they've seen the devastation of the diseases. In mm. our society now, we don't see any of that. So. They feel that I love my child a lot. I'm not going to expose them to this risk of autism. And many, many parents have seen children with autism. They've never seen anyone with polio or whooping cough and so forth. So, yes, you can mm. see how this can happen. But unfortunately, the anti-vaxxers do everything they can to promote this. And I just before we go, though, I have to mention that um, I did read on your website that Someone was sneaking oh, yes. little cards about anti-vaxxers yes. into your book. Yes. Anti-vaxxers love, you know, the secret society. They've all got closed Facebook pages. They love secret meetings where you find out at the last minute where the meeting's on. And they sneak around into 
chemist shops and supermarkets leaving little cards propped up against tins of formula and then they were leaving them in my books. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you've had the say, the last say, particularly on this show. Um, mm. And Robin, I also want to mention that you've written us an article about this that you can find on our website. I thank have. you for that and thank you for coming in today. You're welcome. Thank you. That's Robin Barker, author of Baby Love. She is a writer. Her website is robinbarker.net.au and plus we will have a link up to her article on vaccination. Just head to kindling.com.au. Hi, we're the Beanies. Get your child off screens and into their imagination as we explore how bubbles are made. What's in a sneeze? Achoo! And what's with the weather today? Professor Know-It-All knows. Hello, Beanies. Hello. The The Beanies. Beanies. A podcast just for kids. Subscribe now on iTunes or listen anytime on the Kindling app.